Good morning. Today's Bible reading begins with Deuteronomy 31 verses 1 to 8. Joshua to succeed Moses. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then verse 14. The Lord said to Moses, Now the day of your death is near. Call Joshua and present yourselves at the tent of meeting where I will commission him. So Moses and Joshua came and presented themselves at the tent of meeting. And then verse 23, the Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun, be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you. And next we're reading from Deuteronomy 34, verses 1 to 12, about the death of Moses. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah along, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms as far as Zohar. Then the Lord said to him, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob when I said I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. After the, Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord has said, he buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days, until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom, because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. 
He did all those signs and wonders the Lord had sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. And now we're moving to Joshua 1, verses 1 to 9, where Joshua is installed as the leader. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Thanks, Helen. That was a fair bit of scripture this morning. If you can't read the Bible in church... Where can you read it? Good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Sarah. I'm on the team here at Kerry, and it's my privilege to bring you the message today. Um, As you know, we've been on a six-week journey looking at the book of Deuteronomy. Now, when the preaching team made the plans to study this book, I don't think anyone could have anticipated just how challenging yet amazing this series would be. Now, as we've discovered, there is some crazy stuff found in these scriptures, stuff that just blows our minds when we look at it with 21st century eyes and stuff that we often just gloss over and ignore because we don't know what to do with it. Uh, But thank you to the preaching team who have gone before me because they've shown us how to approach the tricky stuff found not only in Deuteronomy, but throughout the Bible. Now, if you missed Pastor Pete's message on the 4th of July or Dr. Brian Harris's message on the 11th of July, uh, they were the services that were in lockdown, that we had restrictions here, um, and I know many of you weren't able to attend. If you missed either of these, I cannot encourage you enough to go online and check them out. Um, I think I'm putting Brian's message down as one of my all-time favorite messages, Um, but both Both messages were so practical for learning what to do with those challenging verses. So get onto it. I cannot stress enough um, that you should do that. They're really, really awesome. 
But today, we are wrapping up this series, and I've been given chapters 31 to 34 to look at. Now, these are the final chapters of Deuteronomy, and it covers the handover of leadership from Moses to Joshua. There is a song uh, Moses wrote to the Israelites in chapter 32. Chapter 33 is a record of the blessings that he gives to the Israelites. And then chapter 34, we learn of Moses' death. And now I'm going to be up front. It's been said in weeks before, but I am thankful for these passages and I'm really pleased that I did not get the passages that Brian or Peter had. And thankfully, there wasn't anything too controversial um, in my passages, but I do trust that what I have to say today, that it's a message for many of you that is in season. That is my prayer today. Now, I know that many of you are doing pretty good at life right now. It's going pretty well for you, and that's just awesome. And so for a bit of participation today, if you are enjoying life at the moment, give me a whoop, whoop. Yeah, that's good. There's a few of you. Life is going good. Um, now, if you are a whoop, whoop person to this morning, I would love for you to share what is going on in your life. What is God doing that is great? Why is life good for you? You can come and share with me after the service. Send me an email. Um, post it in our Harrisdale Facebook group page. Share what God is doing in your life because it's worth celebrating. I want to celebrate with you today because that is really awesome. I also know, though, that there are many people in our church family and in our community who are struggling with some really big things right now. There are work and financial stresses. There are mental ill health struggles. There are people with family members who are terribly sick, some even with COVID. Some of you have lost people close to you in recent weeks. There are those with family members and friends in countries around the world who are in danger, not just because of COVID, but also because of unrest, corruption, war, among so many other issues that many of the people in the world are dealing with that those of us here in WA thankfully don't have to experience. And I know in all of this struggle, with the uncertainty of what the future may hold, that we can be robbed of our peace and fear and anxiety can creep in and overtake us. And now if this sounds familiar to your story today, I mourn with you and I stand with you in your struggles. And my prayer today is that whether life is great or fear is overtaking you, that this message will bring you hope and serve as a reminder of God's faithfulness to us and to who we are called to be as children of God. So, in our passages today, chapters 31 to 34, we have 120-year-old Moses giving his final words to the Israelites before he dies and before they enter the Promised Land. And a theme that is mentioned multiple times, you may have picked it up um, in Deuteronomy 31 that jumped out to me. Um, it was said to different, um, two different people by different people, and it's the command to be strong and courageous. Now, as you heard Helen read out Deuteronomy 31.6, this is Moses telling the, um, all of Israel, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.7, Moses saying to Joshua, 
be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then again in Deuteronomy 31.23, this time God telling Joshua... Be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land. I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you. And it didn't stop there. We see this repeated another four times in the first chapter of Joshua. Now, being the Bible scholars that you are, you likely noticed another repeated theme in these passages, and that being the promise that God will be with them. So we have a command to be strong and courageous, and you can do this because God will be with you. Now, why did Joshua and the Israelites need to be told so many times to be strong and courageous? Now, obviously, this is really important. You know, just the fact that it was repeated so many times indicates that this is something worth noting and something that God really wanted them to grasp. And so I thought about this, and there's a few possible reasons that I thought of. And I think they may have needed to be told so many times, firstly, because of pending change. You know, they were about to lose the leader that they had followed and trusted for the past 40 years. And who knows that with change can come fear. Secondly, they were about to go to war and fight the people who, had, who were um, already in the land. Now, war can create fear, fear of death, fear of the horrors to come with the acts of war. And they knew that what war looked like. They had just been in a few battles. Thirdly, their lives, as they had known them, were, they were wanderers in the desert, right? And this was about to change. They were about to go into a luscious place to settle down. Now, this was probably a totally foreign idea to them and creating a bit of fear and anxiety about the unknown. And my fourth thought as to why they may have had to be reminded to be strong and courageous so many times, is that following these commands to be strong and courageous, Moses gave a prophecy saying that after Joshua and the Israelites take the promised land, they were actually going to stuff it all up. Now, it was probably a bit jarring and discouraging to hear that. Now, check this out. Deuteronomy 31, 26 to 29. Now, this is Moses speaking to the Levites. He says, take this book of the law and place it beside the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God. There it will remain as a witness against you. For I know how rebellious and stiff-necked you are. If you have been rebellious against the Lord while I'm still alive and with you, how much more will you rebel after I die? Assemble before me all the elders of your tribes and all your officials so that I can speak these words in their hearing and call the heavens and the earth to testify against them. For I know that after my death you are sure to become utterly corrupt and to turn from the way I have commanded you. In days to come, disaster will fall on you because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord and arouse his anger by what your hands have made. Now that right there is Moses telling it how he sees it. Now I'm not sure about you, but if I was hearing those words spoken over me, I may have found it a little unsettling. And how many things do we hear today that are unsettling? You just open up any news app, turn on the television, check out the socials. Um, you're going to see all sorts of news that is unsettling. 
you receive a text, a phone call, you get some news about losing your job, someone you love is sick, your hometown is under threat. This is all unsettling and naturally can lead to fear. But what I want to do is speak into the life of our church this morning from a perspective of us who should have faith. What I want to do is talk about our perspective as followers of Christ because who knows that the filter that forms our decisions and the way that we respond to life's challenges is very different from this world. Our filter for handling challenging situations is not the same as this world, or at least it shouldn't be. In fact, the Bible tells us, speaking of the word not, that we should not be conformed to the image of this world, but we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, his perfect will. Everybody say not. As believers of Jesus, we are not of this world. We are not like everyone else. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, to proclaim the virtues of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvellous light. You are the people of God. The Israelites were not like the nations around them. They were a people holy to the Lord, chosen to be a people for God's own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. That's Deuteronomy 7.6. And because of this, God commanded them to be strong and courageous. And I believe this is a timeless command that we, as followers of Christ, as God's people, are to also take hold of in times of fear. Fear not. Everybody say not. This morning, I want to show you that there are three ways that we are not like this world. And it's my prayer that this will bring you encouragement today to face whatever life is throwing at you right now. So number one, the first way that we are not like this world is we live by faith and not by fear. Now, we live by faith and not by fear. In fact, when Jesus was comforting his disciples in John 14, he said, do not, somebody say not. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. He went on to say in verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. He said, I do not give to you as the world gives. And because I do not give as the world gives, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I hope that there's someone here that if you've been living in fear, if you are anxious all the time, if you are afraid of what's going to happen, where the economy is going, where the world is going, because we know Jesus, we do not live in fear. He gives us a peace that is not of this world. It's from his kingdom. And we live by faith and not by fear. And I hope you'll understand that God is not sitting in heaven confused by what is happening in the world. God is not panicked. He's not taken aback. He is not surprised. He is not afraid. We have to remember that our God is always faithful. He is always in control. Our God is good. Our God has a plan. Our God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's working in all things, everything, everywhere, every day. He will not leave you. Whatever you are going through, our God is working for good. Whatever battle you are facing, our God is with you. And if our God is with you, then who can be against you? Amen? 
Our God is present and he is always good. And we, as followers of Jesus, we live by faith and not by fear. Now, speaking of knots, the Apostle Paul said this in 2 Timothy 1.7. He said, for God has not... Someone say not. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. We do not need to panic. We have the peace from heaven. We are not fearful. We live by faith. Paul said we live by faith and not by sight. So how do we respond when it feels like our world is falling apart? Well, we don't respond like the world responds. We are not like the world. We do not think like the world. Number one, we live by faith and not by fear. Now, number two, we are sacrificial, not selfish. We are sacrificial, not selfish. Now, technically, we are selfish. All right? Without Christ, we are selfish. How many of you have a toddler? Any mamas of toddlers, dads? Yeah, it's a few of you. Raise your hand if you've ever met a two-year-old. Yeah, that would be most of us. Yeah, we were caring for a two-year-old about a week and a half ago, and he would say, they my shoes. And I would respond, yes, they are your shoes. That my pillow. Yes, that's your pillow. That my poo. Yes, you're not wrong. That is your poo. Who knows that you don't have to teach a two-year-old to be selfish, right? You know, one of the first words that kids ever learn is mine. You never have to teach a child to do that because by nature, our human fallen nature is very selfish. But our redeemed nature, because of who Christ is, is not selfish but reflects his nature, the most sacrificial love in the history of the world. The one who gave his life for us dwells within us. So as followers of Christ, we are not selfish but we are sacrificial in what we do. In fact, Paul told the believers in Philippi, he said, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Now, why do I mention this? Because the chances are COVID is still a big stress for some of you. We came out of lockdown just a couple of weeks ago and the chances are we will have another lockdown at some point. I hoped not, but we could. And that may cause some of you to be fearful. And when we are fearful, we go into survival mode and we act all sorts of crazy. Who knows that? We've seen that. And what the Apostle Paul did not say was go freak out and hoard supplies. But what he did say is don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. In fact, when I look at the first century believers, the early church, when they were facing extraordinary persecution, when they would lose their homes, they would lose their families, oftentimes they would lose their lives for their very faith. Let me tell you what they weren't doing. They were not rushing to the Jerusalem mega mart to grab emergency supplies. They were not freaking out and hoarding beans and rice and toilet paper. What we have to understand is that we are the body of Christ. And because of that, We put others ahead of ourselves and we have a fantastic opportunity to not be selfish but instead be sacrificial. 
And you know how the early church in Acts 2 were together and they had everything in common. They didn't hoard. They weren't selfish. They weren't rushing to guard their own supplies. But instead they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And what I hope you'll understand is that we live in a time where you may have more opportunity for generosity in the name of Jesus than you could in any other time. You may have something someone else needs and you recognize God has blessed me to be a blessing to someone else. Not just materially, but spiritually. And by faith, you'll know people who are hurting and who are afraid. And you could not only give them something material, but you can give them hope. And you can give them companionship. And you can speak faith into the lives of others who are so often paralyzed by fear. Now, I have no doubt that some or most of the Israelites may have been experiencing a heap of fear. Now, why would God tell Joshua to be strong and courageous? Well, possibly because God knew that Joshua was a little, or maybe even a lot, fearful about the future and about the unknown. But the hope given is that God would be with them. And that is the hope that I pray that we can give to others by opportunity of being sacrificial and not selfish. And the third way we are not like this world, we shine the light, not hide it. We shine the light, we do not hide it. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, and church, here's your assignment. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You are a light. As disciples of Jesus, we let it shine. We do not hide it. Unfortunately, there are so many people in our local community who are struggling with the same things that we are. There are people who feel incredibly unsettled, unsure and anxious, and they're looking for hope. And that is the difference between people who know God's love and those who are yet to experience it. We have hope. And we are called to be a bunch of radical, faith-filled hope dealers. You you are light shiners. You are love givers. Now, you may be struggling with similar problems, but you know that God is with you and will never leave you or forsake you. If you know God, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you and you have the hope that those in our community so desperately need. You know, church... The virus may be really contagious. You know, we've seen that in Sydney in recent weeks. We've seen it around the world in the past 18 weeks, uh, 18 months. But I'm praying for some Jesus followers who are even more contagious in, with his love, with his grace, with spreading hope and spreading light. I'm believing that the hope that Jesus brings you spreads faster than the virus over, all over the world. Because whenever the world grows darker... The light of Jesus just shines brighter. And what are we? Now, in the words of Craig Rochelle, we are light shiners, hope dealers, faith givers. That's what we are. We are the body of Christ. We don't hide our light. We let it shine. We are not, someone say not. We are not of this world. We do not grieve as those who have no hope. Amen? 
In Deuteronomy 31.6, right after be strong and courageous, it says, do not be afraid or terrified before, because of them. And this obviously got me thinking about other verses that have that word not in them because we are not of this world. We do not think like everyone else thinks. So here are some verses from the scriptures with the word not. So whenever an angel appeared to announce the birth of Jesus, the angel said, do not. Somebody say not. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. When Jesus came, he said, I did not come for the healthy, but I came for the sick. I did not come for the righteous, but I came for the sinners and the hurting and the broken. Now, the good news is that we are not of this world. Jesus tells us we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus also says, do not, somebody say not. Do not worry about tomorrow because each day has enough to worry about itself. Now, we as followers of Christ, we walk by faith, not by sight, because God did not give us a spirit of fear. And just like Jesus says, we're not praying for our own will, but your will be done, God. There's good news. We are saved by grace and not by works. We're justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of law. God did not appoint us to suffer condemnation, but to receive salvation. Therefore, do not set our minds on earthly things like what you read on social media or what the latest news report is. But instead, we set our minds on things above now, God said to the Israelites, do not be afraid of them. Now, he's speaking of the people currently in the promised land. He says, you don't need to be afraid of what tomorrow might bring because I am with you every step of the way. You are my people and I've made a promise and I will fulfill that. I will be with you. And we know that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. And we do not grieve like the rest of mankind who has no hope. We will not be afraid, church. And we will not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, we, the people of God, will make our request known to God. And His gift to you, the peace of God that transcends all understanding and will guard your heart and your minds and your souls in Christ Jesus. We may be struck down from time to time, but we are not destroyed because of who He is because of what He's done, because of His power, because of His grace, because of His majesty, because of His truth, because of His presence that will never leave us and will never forsake us. We are not afraid. He is with you and He is always good. And that's why, church, no matter what comes, because of Christ, we can fear not. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, today I pray that you would build the faith of your church, that our light would shine in this world. God, for those who are hurting, for those who are sick, we pray for healing. We pray for protection. We pray for wisdom. Lord, we pray for vaccines to be available to all people around the globe. We pray for global economic environments. We pray for our leaders who are making decisions. We pray that corrupt governments will submit to your godly will. And God, we pray for your church that when the world grows darker, the light would shine brighter. We thank you that just like you enabled the Israelites to be strong and courageous in the face of great uncertainty and danger, because you were always with them. 
we thank you that we don't need to be afraid because we have your spirit with us always. Now church, as you stay in a posture of prayer, I wanna give those of you who are followers of Christ the opportunity to respond to what you've heard today. And so if you say, I want my light to shine, I wanna give hope to those who are in my world, in our community, I just wanna pray with you this morning. So real quick, if you say, I want my light to shine, I want God to use me, would you just raise your hand right now and I'm gonna pray for you. Yeah, there are hands all over this place. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray that as people of faith, that we would see opportunities every day to show your love generously, sacrificially, give words of encouragement. And God, we ask for opportunities to invite people to know you. Use us, Lord, to let your light shine. And as we keep praying today, church, there are some of you who might be very afraid right now. Now, perhaps you are someone who is struggling with something really big. Maybe you have a relationship that is broken and you just can't see how it's going to be repaired and you're fearful for how that may end. Maybe it is work, finance, health-related, a housing situation. Maybe you are fearful for people you love. Maybe you are feeling lost. Maybe you're feeling alone. Or maybe you're just hurting. I am absolutely and completely convinced that there may be times when the world does grow very dark and people start looking around for answers. And if you're looking for answers today, if you're looking for hope, let me tell you the best news that you could ever hear. The good news is that there is a God that is bigger than this world. And yet He loves this world so much that He sent His one and only Son. He didn't shout His love from the heaven. He showed His love on earth when He became one of us in the person of Jesus. Now, who is Jesus? He is the sinless Son of God, perfect in every way, who gave His life on the cross and God raised Him from the dead so that anyone and everyone, and this includes you, who calls on, the, on His name, could be saved. Today, there are those of you who recognize, I don't have God's peace. I don't have this assurance. Maybe for you, you don't even know where you stand with God. But I wanna tell you that when you call on the name of Jesus, He hears your prayer. He'll forgive all your sins. He doesn't just save you from eternal damnation, which He does but He also saves you from a life of meaninglessness on earth. And He gives us His Spirit to bring comfort, strength and courage. If you are fearful or hurting today, would you reach out to God in this moment and say, Jesus, I want this peace. I don't wanna be fearful anymore. I don't wanna be anxious. I give it all to you, God. When you turn toward Him and you call on the name of Jesus, He'll hear your prayer. He'll forgive your sins. He will give you His Spirit and you will have God with you always. You won't need to be fearful anymore. And so if that's you today, 
who says, yes, I want His grace. I want His mercy. I want to be different. I don't want to be like this world who is fearful. I want a peace. I want an, an assurance that I stand with Him. If that's you today, would you just lift up your hands right now and say, yes, that's me. Would you pray for me, Sarah? Just raise your hands and I'll pray for you. Yeah, I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I want you to pray this in your own heart to God. Just make this prayer your own today. Pray, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry that I don't always trust you to take care of the circumstances I find myself in. I can sometimes try and carry the weight of my problems instead of giving them over to you, trusting that you are in control. Right now, I ask you to intervene in my circumstances. Would you tell God right now what you've been fearful over? What is causing you anxiety and worry? Just give that to God right now. I'll give you a moment to do that. ask, Lord, that you would fill me with your spirit who brings comfort and peace despite my circumstances. Help me to keep my eyes on Jesus when life gets tough and things are beyond my control. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and paying the price of my sin. Thank you for the new life you give. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. Church, we're going to stand and we're going to declare together that our fear doesn't stand a chance when we stand in the love of God. And so as we do that, if you need prayer today, if you need encouragement, I'm going to head over to our prayer zone over here and our prayer team are going to head over there too. And we are going to be available to pray with you during these next two songs. So I encourage you to be strong and courageous and come over and ask for prayer during this time and just invite God to do a healing work today. So let's stand and let's step out for prayer in Jesus' name.